As a player, you didn't mess with Patrick Vieira. He picked up eight red cards as an Arsenal player in the Premier League, the joint most in the league's history. And he was a key feature in the brutal rivalry with Manchester United and Roy Keane. As a coach, he's a little bit calmer. His attractive style of play has seen Crystal Palace reach Sunday's FA Cup semi-final against Chelsea. But can they cause an upset against their London rivals? I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. Mark O'Hare would doubtless be a card magnet if he was a Premier League player. He's part of our top tipping team today. Uh, Mark Palace, understandably, outsiders here. But showed recently against Arsenal, they can cause a real problem for the top sides. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this won't be easy for Chelsea. I don't expect Palace to roll over. Um, I think they've been one of the stories of the season. And I think Patrick Vieira was... Well, I thought he was a risky appointment uh, back at the start of the season, uh, but they're on the cusp of a first top-half Premier League finish for the first time since the early 90s and, and looking to reach an FA Cup final for, I think, possibly only the third time in their history, which is a tremendous effort for his first campaign with Palace. The squad went through quite an overhaul, uh, was freshened up, style of play was, was changed, uh, young talent has been brought in, and they've largely been quite competitive as well, um, particularly against the, the elite teams. Uh, I know they were beaten quite comfortably by Chelsea on the opening day, but that was a long time ago and, and Palace obviously was starting this journey. Uh, I think a, a more kind of reliable indicator of their progress was in the 1-0 defeat to Chelsea at Stelhurst Park in February. A very late goal was required to, to finish them off and a game where they performed really well. And they actually took four points off Man City in the league this season. So this is a team who knows how to grind, battle, organise, set themselves up as all underdogs and, and make life difficult for opponents. Um, the only concern I really have for Palace is injuries with Tyrek Mitchell, uh, a major doubt. Uh, they're hoping to have him back, but he's been super solid uh, at fullback for Palace. But also Conor Gallagher, who won't be able to play because of the terms of his loan. And, and that's a, a big blow. He's been absolutely fantastic for, for them throughout the campaign. But uh, I guess the other sort of negative you, you could have was Chelsea's performance in midweek against Real Madrid um, was absolutely fantastic, really. One of the, the better away performances from a Premier League team in Europe. Just obviously unfortunate, but they've run into Real Madrid um, being so clinical in the way they were. Modric's pass for Rodrigo's finish was, was sensational. But it's Benzema outrageous. Was, it's one of the it, best it passes I've ever seen. It was just, <laughs> And when you bear in mind the game state as well, with them chasing a goal, for him to have the trust in his technique to do that, was just ridiculous. It is. Um, he's he's so good, and I can't believe he's he's getting on to the age he is. But yeah, I mean, Tuchel said after the game, you know, we we've paid for our mistakes over the two legs, and, and that's ultimately correct. But he is kind of he's ground himself out as a as a cup competition uh, coach, really, and that was the first defeat. If you exclude finals, that was his first defeat in a cup knockout tie with Chelsea in 17. It was also his first defeat in knockout football in 28 ties, going back to the beginning of 2019-20, which is quite remarkable and shows uh, his capability in these kind of situations. So obviously Chelsea will have the experience of going to Wembley. Uh, they'll be well aware of the big occasion. And that's a, an issue that Palace need to overcome. Um, big, big stage nerves. But uh, yeah, Chelsea obviously moving in the right direction over the past week. Timo Werner playing really, really good football in the last week against Saints and against Real Madrid. Mason Mount coming to the fore again. 
uh, Lukaku might be back in the frame as well. They will probably will rest, rotate, freshen things up a little bit after midweek. But there's been time to recover from Tuesday to Sunday. So I expect any sort of mental baggage to be put to one side and, and Chelsea to go again. So, yeah, I, I was looking at under two and a half goals as a potential angle here, which is close to, to evens. Um, Palace were unbeaten in seven before going to Leicester last week. And I think their eyes were probably on this prize. They'd kept four clean sheets on the spin before that defeat. So, yeah, I'm not expecting it a walkover, but I thought Unders was a runner. But ultimately, you'd expect Chelsea to come through. So you can actually back Chelsea in the old classic of Chelsea to win an under three and a half goals. Uh, odds against prices of 2.05 via the sportsbook. So, yeah, that would be where I'd be going. But uh, I don't have a really heavy interest in this one. Odds compiler and betting guru Mark Stinchcom is with us once again. Stinch, Palace have lost their last nine meetings against Chelsea. How much of that is a factor in our thinking? It's a totally different Palace team, isn't it, really? Yeah, exactly. And also, I think the style of football that Palace play as well. I mean, Mark mentioned the recent fixture that Chelsea won one nil, but I think, uh, you know, as you said, it was a late goal and, and the game was the game was quite tight. Um, I don't really have much to add to what Mark said, really. I kind of agreed with the, the under two and a half goal angle. My suggestion was maybe going to be wait and watch the first 10 minutes to see if it is tight and cagey, or if not, um, if maybe Chelsea do come flying out the blocks, um, then you obviously, you know, don't have to, don't have to take the bet. But I think if it, if it is quite tight and cagey, maybe wait sort of five, 10 minutes and take, you know, unders at sort of like 1.7 or something. Um, but I think it kind of makes sense, uh, what Mark says, if you, if you were to go for Chelsea in under three and a half goals, cause you get that extra goal on your side. And it's likely that Chelsea are going to be the ones that do take the game to the opposition. And yeah, Conor Gallagher, for me, one of the best players in the Premier League this season. An enormous miss in the heart of that midfield. Um, so yeah, not not a whole uh, like a massive view on the game, but yeah, I, th- I think um, I would I wouldn't mind getting Palace on side uh, if if Gallagher was available. Um, if you look at on the exchange, Palace are a huge huge uh, 19 to to win the FA Cup and Chelsea just 3.55 which to me is a is a massive disparity really but yeah without Gallagher that's uh, I think that's a hurdle that maybe is a, a little bit difficult to, to overcome yeah because Conor Gallagher not just great on the ball but he works so hard without the ball as well makes a massive difference to their pressing game our very own human supercomputer Jake Oscarthorpe's here from InfoGoal with all of the data you need Jake Chelsea out of Europe lost the League Cup final haven't really made an impact in the league when it comes to the title race what's the data telling you about their drop-off just at the not at the level of Liverpool and Man City, and, and that is a very difficult level to achieve. I think. But are they at the same level they were towards the end of last season when they obviously won the Champions League and they were winning games, you know, one nil, two nil. Yeah, their XG process year on year is pretty much identical from a, a, an expected goal difference po- uh, standpoint. Anyway, there, there's, there isn't too much to to sort of find out about that they, they're attacking a similar standard similar level defence has, has been the same as well perhaps not as good um, from a I think back in the last season when they were on that really good role in the two short they were allowing um, less than 0.8 expected goals against per game that's slightly up but their attacking process is also a little bit up as well so overall very very similar but they're playing against a Crystal Palace team this weekend who have, compared to Chelsea year on year, Palace year on year are almost unrecognisable, aren't they? They're, 
from the style of play to obviously the players that they brought in, the underlying process, it is remarkable the job that, that Vieira has done. Um, he's improved their expected goal difference per game by 0.83. So under Hodgson last season, um, it was at 0.75. They were giving their opponents around 0.75 expected goal head start. Uh, in every game in this season that they, they themselves find themselves in a, in a bit of an advantageous position winning the supremacy uh, by around 0.1 of an expected goal so it's a remarkable turnaround um, and something that really has I guess flown under under the radar and deserves to be shouted out about a little bit more than perhaps what it is and it does suggest that they can cause Chelsea some real issues this weekend um, you know if we factor in the the sort of tiredness that Chelsea may feel coming into this game and um, I just thought it was it was a bit strange to see the reluctance of Tuchel wanting to change things as well towards um, the end of the 90 minutes when they were in the ascendancy. I thought a fresh legs earlier on might have helped their, uh, them a little bit more, as it did Real Madrid in that game. Real Madrid made some early changes that obviously Rodrigo came on and made an instant impact. Um, you know, there's some, there'll be some heavy legs in that Chelsea um, Chelsea team, and you think particularly about the fullbacks, uh, Reese James and, and Alonso, if they're to play again, they have basically played the full 120 um yeah obviously they've got they've got unbelievable squad to choose from if needs be um but I do think that you know you have to look far for the trends uh, when it comes to Tuchel and cup football um usually the matches are very low scoring tight cagey tactical affairs uh the Real Madrid one was was obviously a one-off but I think you could put particularly the first leg down to some unbelievably clinical finishing from Benzema um he I think Madrid generated just 0.9 xG, scored three goals in that time, and and you know if you take the xG from that game, it was at 2.5 total. So perhaps you know they, they, that game was unfortunate to see four goals, uh, and then obviously the the second leg was the, given the state of the of the tie, Chelsea had to go for it. Uh, I think this will be much tighter. So I do like the under two and a half that that Sting suggested there. I think looking at the exchange, you probably get around 1.95, maybe even money on under 2.5 goals and that's definitely where I'd be going in this um, I think Crystal Palace's best chance to win this it is to sit sit back soak up a bit of pressure and counter-attack with, with what they have uh, at their disposal similar to what they did to Arsenal really um, a couple of Monday nights ago obviously they sat back but they also pressed really hard and tried to force a few high turnovers uh, but doing that in select moments will be key because this Chelsea team in midfield anyway are, are far superior I think advancing the ball than that Arsenal team so uh, I, I do think it's going to be a game of chess. Um, I think Vieira, it's a good test to see where he is in terms of ma- matching up against those elite coaches. Obviously, he's done a really good job against Pep this season over two legs. Um, yeah, I, I do think this is going to be a tight one. Um, I, I don't think it'll be... I think the, the City-Liverpool game will be wide open um, as as, we'll, as we discussed and, and this one will be a little bit tighter. Now, we know it's frustrating when you get frozen out of a bet, so Betfair's now offering no cash-out suspensions on match odds over, under and goal markets on the sportsbook, even during VAR reviews or when there's a penalty. Newcastle pretty much safe from relegation. They faced a Leicester side that's been focused on European glory. We don't know at the time of recording how Leicester got on against PSV in the Conference League quarterfinals. Stinch, how do we approach this one? Uh, I was just reacting to your bold statement about Newcastle being pretty much safe from relegation. They're, 34, uh, but, the, but the teams in the bottom three are dreadful, aren't they? Yeah, but you look at their remaining fixtures. They play, uh, two seconds, Liverpool, City, Arsenal, Burnley in the last But even games. if they don't get another point, 
can you see yeah. the bottom three making up that gap? Well, as I say, like the Burnley game, for example, would be massive final day of the season. Yeah. Burnley, Burnley have still got a game in hand and Newcastle are currently 10 points clear. Um, yeah, it would take a lot. I mean, <clears throat> you only have to look at the uh, the odds for Newcastle to be relegated now and they're very much inflated. But um, yeah, I think it might be quite dangerous for them to pretend they're on the beach, shall we say. Um, not that not that's something you can quantify anyway. Um, but yeah, I just think in this particular match, uh, the next three games are Leicester, Palace, Norwich. I think they'll want to get something out of those three games to guarantee. I'm not sure what we think the number will be to stay up, but I imagine it's probably a bit lower than the average considering the, the quality that the Premier League now possesses. So yeah, I think, um, yeah, I'm just going to go back to the, the, the well that is over two and a half goals in Leicester matches when it's, when it's chalked up as a, a 50-50 shot, essentially. It's, it's priced up as 17 to 20. Um, I think that it should be clear favourite, maybe like four to six, something like that. Um, 30 of the last 44 Premier League games have gone over 2.5 goals. So you're going to strike rate there of 68%. And yeah, the odds are closer to 50%. Kept just seven clean sheets in that 44 game sample, which is not in keeping with the side that up until this season was trying to kind of break into that top four the last two seasons. That's not something you're going to manage if you're, you're shipping a lot of goals and it's not just the fact that they don't keep clean sheets, but they tend to ship multiple goals as well when they do concede. They conceded two or more goals in 15 of the last 25 games. So the thing, but that sounds like I'm really anti-Leicester, but I, I really like Leicester. I think the options they have going forward are really, really exciting. It's it's really, I really like their um, their transfer business. When you look at the likes, they took a chance, taking a chance on Pats and Daka. Uh, didn't really work out for Tielemans in France. I'm surprised that Leicester were able to attract a player his calibre. You think of uh, James Madison. I think he can consider himself very unlucky. He's not in the uh, England fold. Uh, Harvey Barnes is, is pushing again for, for a position in that uh, in that England squad um, Adam Ola Lookman he's got a lot a lot of untapped potential there I feel uh, I think he might have, arguably you know I think he's a similar sort of player to say Saka and you see it Saka is like a, a mainstay now in that England squad so yeah, I'm very very excited about Leicester I think that's the beauty of, bake, of bake, taking um, overs in Leicester games is they're quite easily they can contribute to the goals themselves or they can contribute to their own downfall and literally lose sort of three or four nil. Uh, I think Newcastle went there back end of last season actually and, and uh, won four two, which was completely, and that was Steve Bruce, you know, so that was completely a, a bizarre, a bizarre thing to, to kind of uh, envisage. Um, but yeah, over this sort of spread of games, which is well over a season now, it's 148 goals, which is 3.36 goals per game. And yet the goal expectancy here is just 2.7. Uh, Leicester's underlying numbers, the expected goals in the games that they take part in are at 3.3. So again, it's very much in keeping with, with what is actually happening. Um, and yeah, I just don't, I just think Newcastle, they got a very good result there against Wolves last week. I thought, um, albeit a Wolves team that were missing some key players, but um, I thought it was quite good to see that Newcastle, they didn't create massive chances, but they were they were taking chances in the right positions. I think they had nearly 10 shots inside Wolves' penalty area. And given the fact that Wolves are, got the one of the best defenders in the league, I think that's quite admirable that Newcastle were able to get themselves in that position. Particularly when you consider that they are missing some key players themselves in the likes of Callum Wilson and Kieran Trippier. So, um, and we don't really associate Eddie Howe with an unders 
manager. Uh, new, since he's arrived at Newcastle, they've only failed to score once in their 10 games at St. James's Park, and that was against Man City. So not going to read anything into that at all. Um, I think I mentioned on the Saturday podcast, recently this fixture's been quite goal-heavy. 21 goals scored in the last five meetings. And yeah, Leicester have won uh, three of those, 4-0, 3-0 and 5-0. So you don't even have to worry about Newcastle contributing. Don't think you have to worry too much about the fact that Leicester are playing um, Thursday night. Of course, they might pick up injuries or whatever. But again, I've already mentioned, I think they've got a lot of options going forward. And if they do make the semi-finals of the Conference League, they're not the next week either. So I don't think there's any reason for them to completely switch off in this game either. Jake, is that the way you would go with this one? Uh, no, I'm, I'm looking at taking Leicester on. Um, I think Newcastle... Just going back to what we were talking about earlier from relegation, uh, our latest Sims have Newcastle at a 1.7% chance of going down. So it, 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 we, we think it's very unlikely. Uh, and I think it's what you said there, Kevin, in terms of the points total that's that's required. I think it'd be very, I think 34 points would be enough to keep them up, to be honest, um, just given how poor the teams are down there. Uh, but yeah, just been really impressed with them. Um, obviously, they were really poor against Everton, really bad against Tottenham, but they bounced back well against Wolves. Defensively, they looked really good in that game. Limited Wolves to next to nothing in the way of chances. And uh, at home, they've lost just one of 10 under Eddie Howe, which came against Manchester City. So they've unbeaten in nine against teams other than the best team uh, currently in the Premier League. Uh, and they've averaged 1.6 expected goals for and 1.4 expected goals against per game uh, in, in those home matches. So really solid numbers. Um, and, you know... I understand what Cinch is saying there about Leicester, the fact that they've obviously not got European commitments to look forward to um, the, the following week. But it is coming after, this game's coming after, you know, a big, big night for them because ultimately where their league position is, um, they, they need to win that Europa Conference League to qualify for Europe next season. So I do think it's eggs in that basket. So they will go probably give 100, 110% in that game, fully exert themselves. And, and they might be a little bit spent, a little bit leggy in this match. Can't believe a data guy's just said 110%. Good grief, Jake. <laughs> Come on, we all know that that's the old the old cliche, isn't it? Give 110%. Um, all right, maximise their efforts. Okay, there you we'll go. go for that. There you right. go. It's we'll more professorial from you. There we go. <laughs> Our Kevin's a bookmaker. He's adding an overround. Ah, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Um, but it, even, even if Leicester were coming off off a, a fresh week with no matches, uh, I would still quite fancy Newcastle to win the game because of Leicester's away form, which is really, really poor. They've won just three of 14 away games in the league this season. They've lost seven. Um, and away from home, they've allowed over two expected goals against per game. So it's the third worst, well, the joint second worst defensive process away from home. Only Norwich, who've conceded 2.46 expected goals against per away game, have been worse than Leicester. So... Real issues defensively that I think Newcastle can take advantage of. Um, add into the fact that the potential tiredness um, and the fact that they could well be wrapping players up in cotton wool ahead of the, if, if they did get through, ahead of the next um, European match, even if it is a couple of weeks away. If a couple of players get a, a few knocks, they might not want to risk them. Um, and like I said, Newcastle's home form, home process under Eddie Howe has been really, really solid. So happy to back Newcastle. Um, and you know, obviously a win would, would all but guarantee them safety. If you were going to go to Switzerland to have a bet, who would you take with you? Mark O'Hare, that's who you'd take with you. What have you got for us from the Swiss Super League, Mark? 
Yeah, uh, I love the Swiss Super League. Um, I know you do. I know you do. (laughs) (laughs) It's great fun. Um, Yeah, uh, Easter Monday, we've got Luzerne taking on St. Gallen. Uh, We talked about St. Gallen a couple of weeks ago. They continue to be trending really, really well in Switzerland. They topped the six, eight and ten game form tables. They're unbeaten since the winter break. Eight wins from 11 in that sample. That includes four matches against the big three of Zurich, Basel and Young Boys. Obviously beat Zurich 3-0 away not so long ago. We can get them with a quarter goal start on the Asian handicap at 1.75 when they travel to second bottom Luzerne, uh, which obviously means we make money if they avoid defeat, a half stakes win. If the game is drawn, a full stakes win if they win away. Um, and what just appeals most about this is their capacity to score goals, really, which is what sets them apart in that 11-game unbeaten sequence. They've scored 31 goals. They scored twice more in 10 of those 11. And I think that turnaround is kind of highlighted in the underlying data too, because they're averaging 2.32 expected goals per game and hitting a 67% expected goal ratio during that 11-game sample. So really remarkable figures for a team in mid-table in Switzerland, but going great guns at the minute. Um, They're playing a Luzerne team who have won just four times in 29 all season in the Super League. Three wins have come since the winter break, it must be said. But defensively, they are a little bit all over the place. Three clean sheets across the whole campaign. They've conceded twice or more in five of the last six, one of which was a 3-2 loss to St. Gallen in mid-March. They played pretty well that day, but it feels like the motivation has been factored in a little bit too much here. Luzerne need the points. St. Gallen just trending in mid-table. But ultimately, the home team are conceding uh, 10 shots in the box per game on average, which is far too much for a team uh, playing an attack-minded side like St. Gallen. So, you know, even if the game is drawn, we make some money here. So I like backing the away team, plus a quarter on Asian Handicap. It's not a big hop to Germany. There's a fascinating Bundesliga clash between two of the best sides in the division on Sunday. Leverkusen up against Leipzig. Stinch for all of their excellent form in 2022. Because Freiburg are hanging in there, Leipzig aren't yet guaranteed to qualify for the Champions League. No, not at all. Um, You'd imagine... Given their upturn, as you said, in in their form, I mean they've uh, they've lost just twice in twenty under Tedesco. It would take it would take any one of those is against Bayern. It it would take a big a big drop off. But uh, yeah, you're right. Still still a job to do, and that's why I feel, despite the fact that they are playing Thursday night, this is still a I mean it's a massive game anyway, but it's still an even bigger game in in the context of the season. Uh, Leverkusen themselves have faltered a little bit of late as well, so they're going to be the bang up for it. I mean, if I said to you, Kev, what would you uh, what would you expect with these two playing against each other if you, you didn't read in anything to the odds? What would would you expect it to be goal heavy, or would you expect yeah. it to be nil nil and tight? No, I think it'll be goal heavy. And and if you look throughout this Bundesliga season, the games between the big hitters have tended to have lots of goals in them. And even though Leverkusen have lost Wirtz and they've lost Frimpong, and that's big, I still think there's enough firepower on both sides to think there'll be plenty of goals in this one. Yeah, definitely. I think Mark's touched upon the fact a few times before that there has been a lot of goals in the games between the big sides. Um, and Patrick Schick is obviously back from injury as well, which is uh, enormous given the fact he's you know scored 20 goals this season. So I know I know Verts and Fringpom is a drop-off, but if you've still got Schick, Alario, Diaby, Paulinho, I think there is enough uh, firepower there uh, to take to take up what what kind of they're lost in in inverts and, and frimpong but uh, over two and a half goals is four to seven so you know obvious uh, both teams to score is four to nine 
but if you put them in a bet builder the price comes out 8 to 11 I think that's juicy enough to back I'm very surprised that we can get that I think normally here we're having to sort of be quite clever and go okay maybe we'll go for over three goals or over 3.25 goals but I think I think that's uh, I think we're doing quite well there to get that price. I mean, just having a look when these teams play against other big sides. Leverkusen this season five one and one one against Bayern, five two and four three against Dortmund. It's three one in the reverse fixture against Leipzig, and then if you look a bit further afield against the teams just outside the top four, two one v Freiburg and two two v Hoffenheim. Then you could uh, Leipzig obviously uh, this is including Jesse Maas as well, but four one and three two v Bayern, four one and two one v Dortmund. Dortmund and I said that 3-1 in the reverse fixture against Leverkusen so I see no reason why we won't see goals on on Sunday afternoon essentially we just need to make sure neither key, neither team keeps a clean sheet for, for the bet to win in my mind um, over two and a half goals in seven of Leverkusen's last eight at home um, they've scored two or more in in, in those matches as well and despite the fact they have had a couple of those absentees that we mentioned Leipzig have Firing on all cylinders, really, I would say. Scored at least two goals in five of their last six away uh, from home. Uh, Tedesco's won 13 of his 20 games in charge and lost just two across all competitions, which I think is fantastic, given one of those was against Bayern. And they've scored three or more on eight occasions. So that's you know, that's really, really impressive. Um so I think you could also have a look in the both teams to score two or more goals at three to one market. I can I definitely can see that maybe you'd be concerned with if Leverkusen would only get the one goal. So maybe you would take it one step further. And maybe you could bat Leipzig to score over 2.5 at a bit of a juicier price. As I say, it's something that's happened for in 40% of their matches already under Tedesco. Uh, but maybe just uh, see what happens in the Thursday night game against Atalanta before making that decision. But yeah, both teams scoring overs at 8 to 11, I think is uh, is a huge price. So a good bet builder opportunity there and our fantastic Akers and bet builder offer is running every day. Bet £10 on Akers or bet builders and receive a £2 free bet to use on Akers or bet builders. T's and C's apply. Burnley are running out of time to collect the points they need for survival. They go to West Ham and Jake, that defeat at Norwich, that was a hammer blow for the Clarets, wasn't it? They really needed to win that game. It really was, yeah, and um, you know I've mentioned the infrared probabilities quite a lot of these last two podcasts, and and they were really up and down for from a Burnley standpoint, a relegation standpoint last week. I think they were thirty four percent chance of being relegated heading into the game against Everton. Obviously, beat Everton. Um, sorry, fifty four percent chance of being relegated before that game. They beat Everton. It reduced to thirty seven percent, and Everton went into pretty much odds on favoritism. And then Everton go beat Manchester United, and Burnley lose to Norwich. Um, and almost saw Burnley's chances double to 68.9%. So it was that that Norwich game was a hammer blow, really, because he just felt that there was some momentum there after the beat in Everton. And to go to Norwich and, and you know, they were perhaps, as I've said already, unfortunate to lose the game. They, they had a really big chance at 1 0 that potentially could have salvaged a point. But just in general, they've just been really, really bad all season long. And it's no surprise that they find themselves in this position. This is the, the one of the worst Burnley teams we've seen um, since Infogot started collecting data. So, you know, they, they have flirted with relegation at times, but have comfortably pulled themselves clear because the process has been so solid. But this team isn't like that at all. They're, they really are struggling. They really are warranting that place in the bottom three. Um, they've got a mountain to climb. And, and yeah, I, I really struggle to make a case for them this weekend because... You know, I've just 
obviously laid the argument for opposing Leicester at Newcastle based on um, obviously the poor um, away defensive process and, and adding to that the tiredness potentially of midweek. But I do think that the price around West Ham in this game, um, admittedly they could have some tired legs. Their focus is probably on Europe. But the way in which um, Burnley have been playing away from home is is it just I just can't get them on side whatsoever. I think they've won just once away from home all season long. Uh, their away process is 0.88 expected goals for, 1.8 expected goals against per game. So barely creating a thing when they go on the on the travels and, and are conceding nearly two expected goals against per game. And, and West Ham, their league form has dropped off slightly, but their home form hasn't uh, in the league. They, they've been really solid at home. Um, obviously, most recently beating Everton uh, at home, Villa at home. Um, and I think that's, you know, it's, their, it's a safe haven at London Stadium. They've turned it into a bit of a fortress this season and they are putting on their better performances um, in front of their home crowd. Uh, their, their process at home is, is really, really solid. It's really steady. 1.7 expected goals for, 1.2 against. Um, and yeah, I, I just find it really difficult to want to get Burnley on side in this game. And, and I, I was quite surprised at West Ham at around 4-5 to five on the exchange, uh, 1.8 to win this game. Um, they were they were the same price to beat Everton um, a couple of weeks back, and yeah, you know, I, I I don't think this Burnley team are any better. They probably are worse than than this Ever- than Everton, um, just purely based on the the lack of attacking threat. Because at least Everton pose a bit of a, of a threat going forward, whereas Burnley are are really struggling in that department. So um, yeah, I'm 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 happy to wade in on on West Ham to win the game, um, and you know that if if. There's every chance they get knocked out of Europe in midweek, and then it becomes a really big match for West Ham in terms of the top six race because they're they're falling a little bit potentially behind because they've got played one game more than Manchester United, level on points currently. Um, and if they were to win this game, uh, it really does put them in a, in a good position for that top six berth, given the, the the issues Man United are having. Yeah, maybe things have finally caught up with Sean Dyche and Burnley. That's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Lots of great football, racing, golf content on betting.betfair.com as well as lots of other sports. It really is a fantastic website from Jake, from Mark, from Stinch and from me. It's goodbye for now.